The Pittsburgh Pirates dropped a series to the New York Mets to kick off the week, but a couple of players have looked good. How are the top prospects in the Pittsburgh Pirates system faring? And the Miguel Andujar conundrum. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of this wonderful podcast. Make sure you follow on all the socials at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. The muscle relaxers are finally uh, getting out of my system a little bit, so I'm feeling better with the back. I shouldn't have back issues at the age of 24, but here we are. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, to kick off this week, decided to head to New York as scheduled and lost a series to the New York Mets, a very different New York Mets team than they saw the last time that these two teams played, obviously with the Mets becoming sellers, shockingly, at the deadline. Not shockingly now, but shockingly in terms of how their preseason analytics and expectations were but nevertheless the Pirates lost this series they lost two out of three of course on Tuesday night they had a six run seventh inning that was the highlight of the series purely out of fact of just being patient at the plate and the Mets pitchers is not throwing strikes and making mistakes on pass balls and everything you could have thought of and the Pirates of course made it interesting down the stretch of that game uh, Colin Selby gave up two home runs, but then Colin Holderman and David Bednar shut the door. But you looked at this series, and I mean, yeah, the losses sting. They, they're they always going to sting if you're a diehard Pirates fan like myself, like the people who listen to this show. But at this point, you're really looking for those improvements from guys across the board. You just want to see guys continue to improve. You want to see guys keep doing well at the plate. You want to see some of these pitchers continue to improve. And we're starting to see that from some guys. And I talked about this guy on Tuesday, Leover Piguero, and he hit another home run in the series. And he's been very good for this Pittsburgh Pirates team in the small time that he's been here so far. Um, obviously going back to this series in terms of the wins and losses, they're now losers of five of their last seven, uh, but they were winners of seven of their 13 before heading into this series uh, against New York and Cincinnati, those two series. But they end the season series three and three with the Mets. I mean, the Mets, despite being sellers, I don't believe that they're not going to add at least something substantial in 2024. I just don't think they're going to be big players in Shohei Otani or a lot of the bigger guys. I do think that they are going to be players for some pretty decent guys in free agency. So pretty good litmus test for this team. And Leo Piguero, going back to him, he was three for 11 in this series, had one home run, one RBI, um, two base on balls, two runs. You're, you're going to like that from Piguero. But as I mentioned on the show the other day, he's done very well. You guys also probably saw the tweet 
that I had about him of how he's performed over the last 15 games. A lot of you guys mentioned his strikeout rate and walk rate. Yes, they are worrisome, but let's remind ourselves that Leo Piguero is a prospect. He has only been in the league for less than 100 at-bats to this point. And some of these numbers are just going to be inflated because of the sample size. He hasn't played all that much just yet. He hasn't, you know, done a lot. Sorry, I just had to, like, swat a little bug out of the air. Um, But he hasn't been here enough yet to really gauge a lot of rates. Now, I mentioned home run rate on Tuesday, and I love the things that he's doing with the power that he's possessed all of a sudden at the major league level because it's not something that he was really accustomed to doing when he was at the minor leagues. He had over 10 home runs the last three years combined at the minor league level, but he only had 10, 14, and 13. It wasn't like he was hitting 20, 25 home runs and becoming a power bat in front of our eyes, but right now he kind of is. I mean, the home run he hit in this series was his fifth of the year. And again, he's hit five home runs and under 100 at-bats. You'll take that from a guy like Leo Piguero, who is more of a contact guy. He's a decent fielder over at second base. He can play a little bit of shortstop. But if he keeps hitting the ball like this, it's going to be hard to imagine a guy like G1 Bay coming back into this fold at all, or Nick Gonzalez even. Nick Gonzalez, of course, I think will get his shot. He was a number uh, first-round pick. But Piguero's making it hard, and that's what you want from these young guys is to force the Pirates front office to make tough decisions, and that's something that Leo Piguero could be doing in the middle infield, especially when O'Neill Cruz returns from injury, be that whatever it is. Now, another person that has really picked it up as of late is Brian Reynolds. Of course, Reynolds extended earlier this year, had a hot start, slowed down considerably for a while, has even dealt with some minor injuries throughout the year. But man, he has picked it up as of late. Over his last 15 games, he's slashing 311, 382, 672, and has over 1,000 on the OPS mark. Six home runs, 10 RBIs, and seven walks to his credit. Of course, he had a homer in the Mets game yesterday. And when he was extended by the Pittsburgh Pirates for the largest contract in Pirates history, which again isn't saying a lot. This is the Reynolds that they wanted when they extended him. This is the Reynolds that the Pittsburgh Pirates extended. They extended second half of 2022, Brian Reynolds. They extended the beginning of this season, Brian Reynolds. They're now extending this Brian Reynolds. This is the Brian Reynolds that everybody expects from him. Now, again, not the largest voice in the clubhouse, not the most animated guy in the world, but he hits the baseball well. He plays decent defense in left field. This is the Brian Reynolds we want. And again, not as inconsistent as some other players on this team, but he did have some issues in the May and June months that have proceeded now. And I think that he's going to finish the season strong and this offense and this team are just better when Brian Reynolds is hitting the baseball like this. I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind about that at all, that they are just a better team when Brian Reynolds is doing things like this. And this is the Brian Reynolds that I love to see too, because he just looks like he's happier when he plays better as most major league baseball players are. But another player that I wanted to mention 
that appeared in this series that has also been quietly having a very good run of things over the last month or so is Angel Perdomo. Man, in August, he's produced quite the August so far, folks. In August, he has six and two-thirds innings, four hits, one run, 12 strikeouts, and three walks. He's quietly done very good things. And if we all remember when the season was starting, Harleen Garcia, of course, had that injury. We have not seen Harleen Garcia this year. But Perdomo has done a very good job of making himself a mainstay in this bullpen purely because he throws from the left side. That has to be the biggest thing for him here is being a left-handed pitcher in this bullpen that's been looking for one. Of course, you have Jose Hernandez as well, who's flashed some decent things this year. But Perdomo has been the one consistent left-handed arm that the Pirates have had at their disposal for the most part outside of his uh, his suspension in the bullpen. And you like to see that from him as well. And if you were thinking he's having a good August, man, in July he had a 2-6-1 ERA in 10 innings. He, he's becoming – a large part of the success of this bullpen for the future, for the near future. And that's what you like to see from him. Now, again, the series loss stinks here. You don't, you don't like it. It just, it sucks. But for the Pittsburgh Pirates, right now, you just want to see these young guys improve. It doesn't matter if Connor Joe does anything. It doesn't matter if Bailey Falter really does anything. It doesn't matter if David Bednar blows a save. We know who David Bednar is. There's a lot of these guys where it doesn't true, like Jason DeLay. It doesn't matter if he has a two-hit game. You want to see the young guys that are going to be a part of this core continue to do good things. What you want to see. And that's really all that should matter to us as Pirates fans and the front office going down the stretch of the season. Oh, yeah, and not losing 100 games. Before we get into how the Pirates' top prospects are performing at the minor league level, I want to introduce a new sponsor to you guys, Nutrafol. Use code LOCKEDONMLB for $10 off your first month subscription and shop now at Nutrafol.com slash men because Nutrafol, you know, it's the place to do it. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Men, are you tired of also weakening and thinning hair? Do you want to reach your full hair potential? Well, leading hair growth supplement Nutrafol helps improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair, uh, hair health wellness quiz. And take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. 
Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men. And enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB for thicker and healthier hair right now. All righty, Nutrafol. Thank you so much. And... Thank you, Everydayers, for tuning into this show, as you always do. Thank you for subscribing, commenting, liking, and doing all the wonderful things that you continue to do. And if you want to listen to the hometown broadcast of the Pittsburgh Pirates every single day that they play, they're off today. But if you want to listen to Twins Pirates tomorrow, make sure you download the SiriusXM app, SXM, to listen to the hometown broadcast of the Pittsburgh Pirates anywhere you go with that wonderful app. Now, the top three guys in the Pirates system that are not on the Major League roster are who we're going to be talking about here. Uh, there are some other guys that have been doing very good things, but I wanted to talk about the top of the line, top guys seeing as MLB.com just recently uh, updated their prospect list and added Paul Skeens to the Pirates prospects farm system and did some rearranging with all kinds of things like graduations and all of that other good stuff. But we're going to start with Paul Skeens, obviously. Uh, he's the talk of the town when you're talking about prospects in the Pittsburgh Pirates system. And Tuesday, a lot of us were locked in to MILB.TV. They, of course, had the Bradenton Marauders game for free on Tuesday. It was the debut of Paul Skeens at the single-A level, and it was very nice to see. He had a very good debut once again. Uh, had his debut in the FCL last week, has his single-A debut this week, and he only pitched one inning again. Now, I saw some people get kind of worried about this, but I'm not in the slightest worried about it. They're just being very cautious with him, as they should be. They're being very um, optimistic that his arm is going to be fine, even if he does pitch the 20 innings that he will probably pitch this year. And... So far, combined in the FCEL and Bradenton, he has two innings pitched. He's only given up one hit, no earned runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. You'll take that so far. That's what you want to see. You want to see him do things that he knows how to do. You want to see him hit the zone. You want to see him use the fastball to his advantage. You want to see him do these things, and he's doing these things very well. Now, going to his Bradenton debut, which I watched every single pitch of, like most of you probably did, he threw 16 pitches in his Bradenton debut, but there was a major difference in this debut versus the FCL debuts. In the FCL debut, he threw 11 pitches, and eight of them were 99 miles per hour or higher, which, of course, hints to the fact that he was using his fastball a ton. But in this one, it was a little bit different. Uh, he threw the fastball, his high 80s sweeping slider, and his cut fastball-like slider that sits in the mid-80s almost evenly across the board. He threw each of them a lot. Um he used that sweeping slider a good amount of times to get some good uh, swing and misses. And his two strikeouts came against Christian Santana, who I believe I brought up on Tuesday's show, the Tigers' number 17 prospect. He had a heater on the outside corner. It looked like an MLB the show pinpoint mechanism pitch for how good it looked. And then the probably sexiest pitch that we saw from Paul Skeens and Bradenton on Tuesday was, of course, the strikeout that he had on Jim Jarvis where he froze him on an 84 mile per hour sweeping slider. And man, that thing just flew 
right back into the strike zone. And if we remember how the outing ended, he was on pace to probably get another strikeout. But of course, the runner on third thought it was strike three and got caught in a rundown. And that was the end of that for Paul Skeens during his outing. But even more importantly to this, he had four whiffs on nine swings. You like to see that too. And for Paul Skeens to continue to get better, this is what you want to see. The kid is phenomenal. He's going to be phenomenal. But what I found interesting is when I looked at MLB.com's article on this, um, he's apparently slated to pitch this Sunday against Lakeland, the Lakeland Skeeters. And per Jonathan Mayo, according to Jonathan Mayo, uh, the future ace should pitch two innings on Sunday and then is expected to move up in the Pirates system. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, we'll see how the Pirates want to dwell into that. We've heard things about Ben Charrington saying he's only going to pitch 20 innings max this year, but we have heard him also say that he's not ruling out the idea of Paul Skeens pitching at the upper levels of the system. So maybe we get some Altoona curve um, Paul Skeens for our liking. Turnbar Johnson, by the way, uh, has struggled since he got called up to Greensboro. He only has 44 at-bats so far. He's slashing 182, 321, 386, and 707. That OPS is above that average 700 mark uh, due to three home runs, four RBIs. He also has nine walks and 14 strikeouts, so he is being very patient at the plate, but he struggled a bit in a park that you shouldn't. So I, I, I'm not going to read into it that much. The kid's only 19 years of age, still has plenty of time to grow, still has a lot of things to do in his major league career, in his professional career. So... What's interesting about this is he has struggled, and stats don't tell the whole story here with a guy like Termar Johnson, but back-to-back -back days, a Pirates top prospect, or top two to be exact, were on TV. They were on the free ML or MILB game of the days, back-to-back -back days, and yesterday the reason why is because Termar Johnson had ho a home run in three straight games. Now that streak ended last night. Uh, he saw a walk in an 0-3 outing. But this is what you like to see from Tamar Johnson. He has the power. And I've said it before. When you look at the kid, you wouldn't think so. He is built pretty well, but he's very short. But he has a beautiful swing that, for some reason, just taps into a power element that I never would have thought about when I first saw him physically. But Tamar Johnson, he's going to be phenomenal. And again, he's only 19. He's still a work in progress. The Pirates knew that. When they drafted him number four overall last year, they knew that this kid was going to take some time to grow. They knew it was going to take a minute for him to really come into his own and become a full-time, probably second baseman by 2026, I would imagine. And based on his ETA and his overall hit tool, there's been scouts that say he's going to hit his way through the system quicker than most high school prospects. I still think it's late 2025, early 2026 for a guy like Termar Johnson. Also just seeing the fact of what the Pirates currently have. Of course, a lot can change between currently me speaking that into existence and that point. But for Termar Johnson, it's going to be a minute. And even then, let's say he debuts a full, as full-time in 2026, he'll be 21 years of age for like the first two months of the season. So it'll be a while. And as I say with a lot of these prospects, but especially Termar Johnson, this kid's only going to get better, folks. He's only going to continue to hit the ball hard. He's only going to get better. 
realistically, the biggest question that's going to end up coming up with Termar Johnson is where does he play? He was a shortstop in high school. Most scouts profile him as a second baseman. That's probably what he's going to profile as moving forward. And if you can watch Johnson grow, do it, man. He's going to be such a fun player to watch through the minor league system. He's going to be so fun, and it's going to be fun to watch him grow up. Jared Jones, uh, by the way, not the greatest stats in the world either, but a different story. After posting, of course, a 2-2-3 RA in Altoona, Jared Jones, of course, became a hot topic about possibly being called up. I wanted him called up before Quinn Priester came up, but AAA, he struggled a little bit. 48 in a one-thirds innings pitch. He has a 5-4 ERA, but this is where I get into a lot of where that ERA doesn't really speak to it much. I don't really look at ERA that often when I'm looking at pitchers in the minor league system because – Jared Jones has 63 strikeouts to 21 walks, a 1.41 whip. You want that down. A 255 opposing batting average, you want that down. But when you're striking out three guys to every walk, it's pretty good. And yesterday, he pitched yesterday as well, five and one-thirds, eight hits, three earned runs, two base on balls, and nine strikeouts for Jared Jones. And again, that ERA is a little scary. But he's had nine starts at Indianapolis, and he's only allowed more than three earned runs twice. It's pretty good. And in his nine starts, he's managed five or more strikeouts seven times. And also in his nine starts, he's only walked more than two hitters twice. So is he getting hit? Yeah. But he's hitting the zone, and he's hitting it well, obviously. And Jared Jones... Again, with Skeens coming into the system, all eyes are on Skeens now, just how it is. But Jared Jones is going to debut at some point in the near future. Is it this year? Maybe he gets a cup of coffee like Luis Ortiz did last year. Maybe. But 2024, definitely. I think you see Jared Jones pop into this rotation at some point. And his calling card is always going to be the 60-grade fastball. We know that. But if the 50 fa- uh, uh, the 55-grade slider and curveball keep improving. Jared Jones is going to be a mainstay in this rotation in the near future, calling that right now. But it's not exactly a hot take to say that because I really think Jared Jones is going to be phenomenal. Anthony Solometo, of course, right behind him. Um, is I think he's going to be a fast riser through the system as well. And before we get into the Miguel Andujar conundrum, let's talk about Sleeper for a minute. Of course, you can get up to a $100 match on your first deposit on mobile only at sleeper.com with the promo code locked on. Do you think Brian Reynolds can hit a home run tomorrow night against the Minnesota Twins? Well, we sure do. And on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. And you know, you can bet on anything. You can bet on walks. You can bet on strikeouts. You can bet on walks for pitchers. You can bet on hits. You can bet on doubles. You can bet on triples. You can bet on anything. And you get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. With dynamic payouts also comes more stat categories to place contests on. And, you know, Sleeper is going to be awesome. It's a fantasy sports real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports gaming. Right now, there's over 5 million active users. 
So swing over for the uh, swing for the fences on sleeper picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Use promo code Locked On, and sleeper will match your first deposit up to $100. Predict the hottest baseball stats by using promo code Locked On and sleeper with your first match deposit up to $100. And have fun, guys, with sleeper. And thank you for tuning into the final segment of today's show here on Locked On Pirates. And today on this final segment, we're going to talk about the Miguel Andujar conundrum. Because, yes, Miguel Andujar has been interesting, to say the least, at the AAA level this year. He did struggle in Pittsburgh, obviously, in his short time here. 31 ABs, 161 average, a negative .4 work. Wasn't going to play. Goes to Indy, and most people didn't even think twice about it. And the maturation of this Miguel Andujar conundrum has been hilarious because last year he did play pretty well at the end of 2022. And before free agency, it was, okay, well, he'll probably he'll probably be a 26-man guy for the most of the year. And boy, did that change quickly. Um, but in Indy, and as I said, good Lord, he has 363 at-bats this year with Indianapolis, a 355 average. 15 home runs and 83 RBIs with a 986 OPS. Very good. He has played very good baseball at Indianapolis this year. And when you look at his minor league stats versus his major league stats over his career, obviously he's always been a better minor league player, but he has a thousand at-bats in both. The biggest thing that I get at with this entire situation and the question that I ask is, why isn't he in Pittsburgh? Or I see people ask that all the time. And I usually preface that question with another question. And I arguably the most important question. Who do you think you take out in favor of Andujar in the outfield? Are you taking out Brian Reynolds? No. Are you taking out Henry Davis? No. Andrew McCutcheon's DHing. Could Davis DH on days that McCutcheon does it? Sure. Throw Andujar out there if you want. Obviously, Jack Sawinski is probably the closest that you get with this. But are you taking his power out of the lineup against righties for Andujar to play all the time? No. You can make an argument that you could put Andujar over him. But what, was, what has Miguel Andujar done at the major league level that Jack Sawinski hasn't? Now, obviously, you have the inconsistencies with Jack Sawinski that a lot of people hate, including myself. But when he's on, he's on. And this is complicated. It is. He's playing superb baseball at AAA right now. He really is. Like, nobody can knock that. But again, what has he done at the major league level to warrant it? To bench Henry Davis, to bench Brian Reynolds, to bench Jack Sawinski, Josh Palacios. It's a tough decision. And even if you want to look recently, because the Pirates love to call guys up when they're on hot streaks, guess what Andujar's batting over his last 15 games? That same 161 average that he had in the 31 at-bats that he had in Pittsburgh. It's interesting. It is. 
And I do think he'll get called up. It'll be in September when they have the two extra roster spots. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets called up then. But even then, you're not taking at-bats away from Brian Reynolds. You're not taking at-bats away from Henry Davis because you need him to develop. And you're probably not taking right-handed at-bats away from Jack Sawinski because that's about the only way he's going to produce for you right now. So it's just hard to justify it. It really is. And I understand where people want to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but it just doesn't make sense. And if he does come up, it's going to be against lefties. That's it. And the occasional day where Henry Davis needs a day off or Reynolds needs a day off. And this is more about just the fact that there are guys that the Pirates are going to prioritize in the outfield than an ignorance on how well he's played in Indy. The front office knows how well he's played in Indy. He's done it for three months. And yet they still haven't called him up. There's a reason for that. Because they need to get at-bats for other guys. That is just what it boils down to, folks. That's really just what it boils down to. Do we see Miguel and Duhar in a Pirates jersey again this year? Maybe. It's possible. I just don't see it. What I do see is you guys tuning in tomorrow for our Minnesota Twins series preview. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Lockdown Pirates podcast, as you always do. Like, subscribe, comment, and follow on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Lockdown Pirates. You guys are amazing. Have a wonderful Thursday. See you tomorrow.